Hello, everyone. We would like to welcome you to the Crossroads podcast today. Today's topic will be about uh, living in our current situation in life. Our host tonight will be Dr. Lee Adams, and he's asked me to co-host this podcast today. So we want you to tune in and be ready and be excited and be ready to comment on this awesome podcast, The Crossroads, where North and South and East and West meet and you can get a word that will take you beyond your wildest expectations. We are waiting right now for our host to to get all the way in and get ready so he can wow you and we can wow you and we'll all be ready for this awesome day. Crossroads here, coming out of the heart of West Memphis, Arkansas, and Memphis, Tennessee. We see that our host is in today, and he's in, and he's ready, and we're going to turn it over to you, Dr. Adams, and you'll take us to the place we need to go. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you, Dr. Bruce Smith. Are you there, Dr. Adams? Yes, I am. Dr. Adams? Yes, sir. I do not hear you, Dr. Adams. Can you hear me? Uh, My fault. My bad. (laughs) Sorry about that, Dr. Adams. Go ahead, Dr. Adams. Can Can you hear me? Yeah, that was my fault, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and God bless each of you on today. Uh, we certainly thank God for us when we're human and uh, we're in different locations and we're dealing with different uh, systems. And uh, so it takes some time, a little uh, minute or two for us to become compatible. And we want to thank you on this morning for joining us. I want to thank Uh, Dr. Bruce Smith for being so patient with us on today as we work out these uh, small little kinks and bugs as we come uh, to you on a weekly basis, realizing that uh, you are our greatest asset, the people who listen to us and take your valuable time to hear what we have to say on our podcast, which is called Crossroads. I want to thank Uh, Dr. Smith, who will also serve as a co-host on today. Our desire was to have another guest on uh, who was going to discuss some pertinent issues uh, with us, uh, and we're not able to get hooked up this morning. We're trusting and praying that he's able to hear us um, on his uh, set, even though he may not be able to speak. Uh, This is Crossroads. Crossroads is a contemporary podcast, and our logo is the interstate system, uh, I-55 and I-40, I-55 traveling north and south, and I-40, Interstate 40 traveling east and west. 
and where they converse and where they come together, it is the epicenter and the center point. And there is a crossroads that are It includes uh, community and uh, development, education, health, and political climate uh, on today. I want to thank you so very much. Mm -hmm. We have been talking about the issue of racism in America. And that is one of the biggest topics that can be discussed here in America because it has... Uh, been a vital part, amen, of the fabric of America, racism. It's hard to get people uh, from thinking about it and from acting upon it. And so we have to examine today all of the different institutions that have led to uh, the um, varied facets of life uh, being permeate, permeated, uh, unfortunately, with the institution of racism. And so we have a message that we must give, a message that must uh, be heard, a message um, certainly will be critiqued and will be criticized, amen. And so because of that, we cannot put our heads in the sands and act as if it does not occur. We can see some of the systemic racism pattern, the patterns uh, that started in our early institutions that were brought about by slavery, the mass importation of blacks from the continent of Africa, how it was justified uh, by uh, whites and how it was reinforced by the Protestant church of its time. And so when you have a group of people who have been systematically denied the privilege of the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and to think that with the stroke of a pen, and the proclamation that was issued called the Emancipation Proclamation by Abraham Lincoln, that it would just automatically wipe out every vestige of the institution of slavery. When we all know uh, that laws and rules and regulations were instituted by governments themselves to continue a uh, the perpetuation, if not in practice, but uh, by other means to make sure that there was no advancement of a particular race in this country. But in spite of that, we <clears throat> certainly have to tip our hats off to the hundreds and thousands and millions of our Anglo-Saxon brother 
and sisters who fought tirelessly along with us, many behind the scenes in order to work uh, to have us to achieve a greater levels of prosperity and individual freedoms that had not been afforded unto us. And so we have traveled uh, down in Huntsville, Alabama. We talked to Dr. C.L. Holly about how racism uh, uh, perpetuated itself uh, through the religious system as well as the economic and the political system. We traveled further down south to Daytona Beach, Florida, and we spoke to a most qualified professor, Dr. Kimball, excuse me, Kimmons, amen, Dr. Kimmons, Willie Kimmons, who took us through uh, an hour of mesmerizing uh, dissertation on his experiences uh, with racism from the educational perspective. Last week, we spoke briefly uh, with a candidate for state representative of District 55 of the state of Arkansas, uh, Brother Gary Tobar, who talked to us from a political perspective very briefly. Today, we were to talk with a very fine gentleman who our desire is to have him on our broadcast um, sometime in the very new, near future, uh, Mr. Calvin Jarrett, who is the founding president of BBEE, apparel manufacturing company of Chicago, Illinois, that be standing for becoming economically empowered, amen. And we're gonna talk to him and he will be coming on our podcast uh, in the very near future as he talks about business and industry and especially manufacturing from the black perspective. And so I wanna thank you uh, this morning. Uh, this is Crossroads where we are now at the epicenter of events that are happening in our nation and in our world. And I'm gonna ask uh, our co-host, I'm gonna ask him some questions and, and perhaps he can elaborate but, uh, on these uh, in his own way. Uh, several questions. Uh, what sex segment of America has found itself exempt from racism? Well, when we look at uh, society as a whole, we can find no no area, not not even not just in this country, but in the whole world where there's not you know, any racism. So it's it's uh, important. This is a very important topic to discuss today. So uh, and and being that this this podcast goes all over the world, I believe it, it can help not just people in the United States, but people all over the country. When we look at Things how things have uh, gotten to a boiling point to to where people are even trying today to to uh, kidnap uh, governors 
it is uh, like the governor's state of Michigan, which has ha tried to happen a couple of days ago. When we look at that and, and look at how things are going, it's important for us to uh, realize and recognize that it's not getting better, it's getting worse. So it's, it's, it's important for us as, as, uh, as Americans, as people, to uh, really pay close attention to everything that's going on in front of us, behind us, and all around us. Uh, in order to not uh, not just to keep us safe, but to keep us alive, because things are getting it's not going forward, but it's going backward. And with all the rhetoric that's going on coming from our White House, <clears throat> it's causing causing even deeper problems. So it's important for us as <clears throat> as Americans uh, and as as a black race to uh, be very attentive to everything that's going on around us. Okay. All right. Thank you so very much, uh, Dr. Smith. And I know that in your early childhood, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I know if I'm not mistaken, you were born in uh, a reared in the state of Michigan. Yes, I was born in the state of Michigan. And uh, a lot of things that I've seen, even since I've moved to the South, uh, I did not I did not see it or I did not notice it growing up. I didn't hear it talked about like it is down here. Uh, there's some things that, that have me that I had heard about that when I moved down here, I still see that is some of these things are still going on today. So um, uh, what I heard about and as I continue to hear about a lot of things that are going on up up in, in, in the Michigan area, it kind of uh, 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 has me in a state of awe, uh, or, or just kind of uh, basled at, at all the things that I, I thought I did not see growing up there that I'm finding out that is up there just like it is in any other part of the country. Could it be because your, your parents may have um, shielded uh, uh, you from uh, some of the vestiges? And I'm assuming that uh, you attended uh, integrated schools. Yeah, um, matter of fact, when I, I even went into kindergarten school back in sixty, what sixty six, when I started school kindergarten, uh, the schools was integrated, so I never had uh, experienced the segregated schools and and things like this. But and and it seemed to me, uh, at least in the area where we lived, that uh, that it wasn't as bad. Uh, my, now I have, uh, with some of the conversation with all, everything that's going on today, I've had some conversation with my older brother, my older two brothers, and, uh, they to have told me about some things that I didn't know about. So there were some things I probably missed that they didn't, uh, just, uh, for instance, as, as something as uh, simple as riding a bicycle through, uh, certain white neighborhoods, <clears throat> getting pulled over the pot by the police and ask them what are they doing in this neighborhood? Uh, some of those things I did not uh, experience, I didn't go through, so uh, I didn't see it, but evidently it was there and I just didn't know it. Okay, and do you think that perhaps this is why many of our uh, younger generation are uh, somewhat desensitized now, uh, especially in view of the fact uh, that this latter generation has grown up in a more integrated environment uh, and they did not experience, especially some of the things uh, that we did down South, such as the integrate, um, uh, the um, separated schools, um, the riding on 
uh, the back of the bus. Uh, certain days you can only attend events, uh, the separate uh, kinds of social events uh, that uh, we were not able to uh, come together uh, and be a part of, in which we had to have our own separate uh, celebration of certain events. And so perhaps uh, because of that, uh, the uh, freedom marches and the uh, hoses uh, that was uh, sprayed on uh, people of color uh, mm-hmm. to prevent them from marching. Uh, perhaps our early, this past generation that we're seeing uh, missed all of that. And perhaps do you think that they have been desensitized and that the media and the books and education has kind of sanitized that? What What's your opinion on that? A lot of it, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of it, when I look at it today and and, and, and really examine it, I, you didn't see uh, a lot of the things that are actually going on in the country. You didn't see it in the books. They kind of sanitized it and wiped it out to make it as if, if it never happened when it actually did. When I look at uh, the younger people, <clears throat> a lot of the younger people, and I, I remember parents saying that uh, we're not going to treat our kids like uh, we were treated. And so they, they kind of... Uh, uh, kept some of the things that were actually going on from them until they got into a position to where now they can't avoid it. Uh, when you get in the job market and all these other things, you see <clears throat> actually what's going on and you find out for yourself, especially down here in the South that I've found that down here, <clears throat> they do they they do it in a little different way than I believe they used to, but it's, dist- this, it's just as bad as it was. It hasn't changed. It just changed the method that they 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 do it with uh, that they proceed to uh, um, to do the racism. So it's, it's very important for us as uh, uh, parents, grandparents, to ensure that we uh, <clears throat> share the truth with our our kids and uh, make the do what we have to do and inform them of the things that they so they can stay safe. Because if we don't, um, especially with the times, the way things are preparing to go now with uh, all the rhetoric just coming out of the White House. Uh, we are headed for some a rough, rough road if we don't watch it ourselves. Thank you so very much, Dr. Smith, for that insight. I don't know if uh, Mr. Jared has made it on or not. I believe so. Uh, if he, if he, he is, yeah. If he is, uh, we want to thank him for joining in on this morning uh, and may not be able to uh, conversate uh, on this morning until you hit a certain button. And so thank you so very much, uh, Dr. Smith, for that. Uh, Let me ask ask, uh, another question um, of you Mm -hmm. uh, on this morning. you uh, also, if I'm not mistaken, migrated and went to the state of Missouri um, where uh, you attended uh, higher education uh, college. Uh, I believe in your bio, you stated that you were uh, alumni uh, of Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. And believe it or not, uh, Many of us who grew up down south 
of uh, the Missouri line, especially when you cross into Arkansas uh, and then into Tennessee, we often view Missouri as being up north. Hmm. Uh, were there any um, were there any uh, instances in your uh, attending school in and around uh, Jefferson City, Missouri, that you could cite uh, that you were part of some uh, segregated or some uh, instances in which uh, racist, racism uh, actually was perpetrated, uh, perpetuated uh, toward you or any of your uh, classmates as fellow citizens. Excuse me. Actually, <clears throat> it wasn't me that went that uh, attended Lincoln University. That was my wife. She got her her bachelor's, uh, a BS at, at uh, Lincoln University. Uh, but I was in the military there, and I was stationed there for three and a half years in the Air Force. And uh, I experienced a little, uh, but not a lot, nothing like uh, what I experienced down here in this area. Uh, it, and this was uh, what, what I was down there, living down there immediately about 30 years ago. 30, what's this, this 2020? So basically 40 years ago. So he would have thought it would have been worse. Uh, but uh, when I come, uh, live in this area, you see that it is worse than uh, what I experienced there 35, 40 years ago. So uh, when I <clears throat> look at the situation and I look at everything that's going on, and I know that uh, depending on who is pushing uh, the information out, it gives people the courage to, to press out and press forward. Um, and what we got going on now, the, the leadership uh, is, is pushing people Basically, with their, their their what I call their own mess uh, to to cause an uprising, uh, but I did not experience it as bad there as as uh, I do here, even in this time, with 35, 40 years later. Uh, so um, we got a long ways to go. Um, we got to have uh, good leadership in our communities and uh, for our race. Uh, we got to get some body someone some people to step up uh as uh the leader uh we don't have dr king no more he's not here uh so someone else needs to uh step up to help our uh generation going forward to move forward and uh if we don't um we are <clears throat> i i believe we're going to continue to spiral and and not have that sound foundation which we had uh, when uh, Dr. King was like uh, a leader. Okay. Thank you so very much, uh, Dr. Smith, for those insights. And I guess uh, mostly uh, your time in Missouri was spent on the military side as, as just as mine was spent um, in Virginia for a while as well as in Texas after returning uh, from the Republic of Korea. And often uh, we in the military sometimes don't get uh, the same exposure as those who live in, in the cities and towns um, and um, those that are in neighborhoods uh, and work out in the civilian workforce do. And I, I think sometimes we, uh, because of that, uh, the military kinds of, kind of insulates us from that sense, it's kind of hard to get 
politically involved uh, in uh, local affairs. Uh, but I do want to ask you, and I know you've um, learned many skills in the military, and those skills have translated over into your civilian life. And I know you received quite a bit of training uh, and you have achieved expertise uh, in uh, your life skills. And my question to you is, uh, along the journey of life, after you have um, uh, terminated your service from uh, the military mm -hmm. uh, and now into civilian life and have integrated into your neighborhood. Uh, have you experienced any kind of bias that you feel like was blatant uh, as it relates to perhaps your job, perhaps uh, earning promotions, uh, supervisory capacities, uh, or working with others in upper echelon, uh, or whatever it might be. Uh, have you had any of those experiences that you could share with us if you've had any? Well, when I lived in Missouri, <clears throat> after I got out of the military, I ended up coming because uh, I did four years, well, three and a half years in, in Missouri. Then I went to Arizona for three and a half years. And uh, when I got out, I ended up coming back to Missouri. <clears throat> and I lived in Missouri quite a, quite a long time. And I, I lived in Missouri probably from uh 88 89 till um 2002 and um it was it's different in missouri uh there there are challenges there was challenges that i faced uh but they did not compare to what i have faced since i've been down here in arkansas arkansas i'm in, in tennessee uh they do it a little different uh it's gotten bold in the last, I say, the last three years. <clears throat> it's gotten very bold. They'll just up front tell you flat out uh, uh, about some things, some situations, and what they are and what they aren't going to do. And they don't care because they got the backing. Uh, they got support from on high, and I'll just say it that way, to uh, do and to get away with what, what they do. So um, it is um, It's different. Uh, they may not call you a, 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 a word, but they got these key, uh, what I call key words that they use uh, to uh, let you know uh, how I say it. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna progress. Uh, they're gonna try to prevent it. Uh, also, uh, you know, uh, if you are an African-American that can speak fairly well, uh, you, you hear the phrase articulate uh, you don't never hear that phrase being used for them, but it's always, you hear that used for uh, a well-spoken African-American. Uh, you don't hear uh, that term used, but they, like I say, I'm just going to say them. Uh, so <clears throat> it's, it's important for us to pay attention and be aware of everything that's going on and uh, what's being said and how it's being said and for us to be able to, to uh, sift through it so we can get understanding and clarity so we can know where we stand and uh, what we need to do pro to progress. Have you experienced uh, any type of bias um, when you have been in a supervisory capacity? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I have. Um, 
and uh, it uh, you would think or at that time I thought uh, we were beyond that uh, but I found out different um, and I found it come from all levels and so um, <clears throat> it's a discussion that I've had with uh, not not just people in this area but people all over the country, even out of California. So it's, it's a thing that's not just in one area, it's all over. So uh, we, what we have to do is just uh, uh, put our minds together and figure figure out a way that we can press forward and and help to uh, to get us beyond uh, this, this current situation. And with the protesting that I see uh, going on in America today, it's not just African-Americans out there protesting, it's just not Hispanics. Uh, but it's uh, Caucasian brothers and sisters also that are out there protesting against this because they don't want this either, because this is it's, this is tearing apart our country instead of making our country to progress. <clears throat> Thank you so very much. Gentlemen, ladies, on this morning, you are listening to our Crossroads podcast, and we are having open discussion on this morning. And we trust that uh, you are listening. And if you have any questions, you certainly can uh, type them in. Uh, if you have any comments that you would like to uh, present on uh, our podcast board, you certainly uh, can do that as well. And we just thank you for tuning us in. Uh, we thank you right now. Uh, we are talking about racism in America, and we are Crossroads. Uh, this is the title of our podcast, and it is where East and West meets North and South. It is center point. It is the epicenter, and right now, America is embroiled, amen, in so many uh, epic battles, mm -hmm. amen, uh, right now. Um, and so we see that nobody really is happy. I'm sure there are a few people who right. are happy, those that uh, uh, love to stir the pot, so to speak, uh, who uh, tend to get the most out of um, making sure uh, that both sides uh, become radical against each other and uh, continue to um, make sure uh, that there is no racial reconciliation, right. uh, make sure that uh, we are looking uh, real uh, hypocritical in the eyes of the rest of the world who uh, have looked to the United States uh, as the symbol of freedom in all areas, mm -hmm. uh, religious, um, political, economic, educational, uh, you name it, the whole gamut. Uh, and so right. uh, when we uh, see these things going on, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure that, uh, well, I'm not sure. Did you do any overseas tour? No, I didn't uh, get an opportunity to go overseas. I tried uh, 
they wouldn't send me for some reason. I don't know. I don't understand that, but it's okay. Uh, but uh, I, I wanted to say something else about this uh, uh, disparity in, in, in uh, with uh, African Americans and the other races. I just said, right? Uh, when you look at uh, the pay uh, for African Americans, black, uh, we make on average of about three dollars and sixty seventy cent less uh, than our white counterparts. So it, it's, it's it's in every in every uh, aspect of, of life we, we are uh, behind, and uh, we need to. Uh, we just don't want to be no better, but you want to you want to at least get equal. Equal pay for equal work, equal pay for equal job, equal pay for equal education. Uh, a lot of times I've found that you have to <clears throat> have twice as much education, if not more, uh, than other people. And then when they find out you have the education, they try to get you off the job anyway. So uh, so uh, I guess it's weed out the competition, <laughs> as you call it. But uh, it's, it's a lot of things uh, in so many areas that you have to look at to... Uh, kind of level the playing field, as I say. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we certainly, uh, the playing field certainly is uh, uneven uh, and it's hard to hit uh, uh, a clean lick uh, with your one hand behind your back, so to speak, or, uh, you know, your, uh, your, your, left and your right shoe uh, is tied together with the shoestrings and it's hard to move um, and make some progress that way. Uh, but we certainly uh, have to uh, admire those who have gone above and beyond the call of duty, uh, who have been our allies, so to speak, uh, in this whole entire process mm -hmm. of bringing uh, a level playing field. Um, and it's hard. And one of the things that I've often said, Dr. Bruce, I don't understand how uh, you can subjugate a people uh, for hundreds of years, mm -hmm. deny them every opportunity to succeed, right. uh, ask them uh, to um learn a language mm -hmm. that has been foreign uh, to their culture. Right. And you don't just uh, get over that because uh, our native language is still right. in us. It just has been suppressed. Right. And we have had to uh, change our native tongue to the English language. Uh, where we have to put vowels and consonants and mm -hmm. diphthongs and and blends all together in order to make sounds and as you said to be articulate and I right. think that because of that because of the fact that it was unlawful for right. us as a people to be taught mm -hmm. how to read and how to write. And then once we uh, started to do that on a mass perspective right. to keep us subjugated 
through uh, laws uh, such as uh, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, if I'm not mistaken, that I learned many, many years ago where the courts upheld uh, the separate but equal law, and that allowed the states to continue uh, their codes uh, against us, mm -hmm. uh, where we were uh, always uh, given the secondhand uh, books uh, and where the latest uh, theories, uh, the latest discoveries right. were never given to us until years later. Uh, and even as a young man, um, I remember in our early schools, right. we were given books that was called Tennessee history. We had to learn Tennessee history. Mm -hmm. And after a while, Tennessee history, believe it or not, was no longer and is no longer a required subject. Right. And if people don't know their history, mm -hmm. how are they able to identify with their past heritage? Because what it meant was is that history had excluded everything that had to do with us except being as slaves and second-class citizens. And rather than correct history, it's better to drop it and rewrite it according to modern standards. Right. Uh, Doc, Dr. Bruce, uh, and so when we started to achieve on an educational level, all of a sudden, there came this idea of a national testing standard. Right. National testing standard. And I remember as a young man in elementary school that we had to take what is known as the California Achievement Test. Right. Not the Tennessee mm -hmm. Achievement Test, but the California, of which when you have access to free education everywhere, when you have uh, school systems that has uh, resources far and above what we have been used uh, to getting and having access to, uh, now all of a sudden we have got to come up to a national level when you and I know that all of the same time that we were brought to school in inferior schoolhouses, as Dr. Kimmon said last week, a one-room schoolhouse in Hernando, Mississippi, where we are, we're all homogeneously uh, grouped together. Right. Uh, and then where we had to pass uh, many of the other schools, where we had to walk to school, where we had to uh, bring our own lunch pails and our own lunch bags, and yet, even before school, do some of those uh, chores and labors, and then right. come back from school and have to do that. 
when we were uh, denied the access to modern facilities, right? Like the electric light, just having electricity right. when you had to study and read while it was day, right? Because you only use lamps uh, and sunlight. Mm -hmm. uh, when you throw that in uh, with the lack of putting in money and resources to extend and to expand the religion, excuse me, the educational opportunity of our people mm -hmm. and then expect us on uh, national tests to perform to a standard for a region that's nowhere near us. Right. And so, yes, we are behind. Mm -hmm. We are behind. And when we uh, were not given uh, the proper tools to work with in the beginning, right. but I want to applaud all of the teachers uh, mm -hmm. who taught us and who did the best that they could because they understood that we were competing right. for a place in a society that largely was ignoring us. And yet they persevered. They told us to do. seem like we're having a little trouble <clears throat> with the connection that Dr. Adams has. Uh, so um, we are going to do a little fill-in until he gets back on the air. Uh, one of the things we want to look at is all the things that we are facing as a people. Uh, we look at since 2012, uh, African-Americans are losing ground as far as home ownership. Uh, when I look at that and think about that, that it's, you would think uh, with uh, the amount of uh, African-Americans that are getting uh, uh, education, you would think that uh, we would be increasing in home ownership. But like I say, since 2012, that's decreased. We're down to about 44% of African-Americans that are um, uh, homeowners <clears throat> compared to 73% of white homeowners. So uh, we have a lot of work to do. We got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, we got to uh, start trying to uh, help and guide one another through these processes to make, uh, to teach one another how to uh, not just have good credit, but to be able to, to I ain't going to say get, achieve the American dream, because uh, to me, debt is not a good thing, uh, but to achieve those things that we would like to have uh, and not get ourselves overly in debt. So it's important that we uh, uh, put put out uh, good information to help one another. Also, I want to look, want to look at uh, it's only about two places in America where African-Americans have over 50% of the population that are homeowners, and that's Washington, D.C., and then um, Birmingham, Alabama. That is so, there are so many African-Americans in the city, it, it's almost uh, impossible to not have over 50%. And when you look at... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Washington, D.C. is only 
African Americans have are, are homeowners, and uh, in Birmingham, it's only fifty percent, uh, which make up a way more, probably closer to 70, 80 percent of the people in those cities. But still, the disparity in homeownership is still so bad. So it's uh, something that we have to continue to look at and uh, to move forward to help one another as uh, brothers and, and sisters and friends and neighbors. Uh, Dr. Adams, are you back? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. But I'll yes, let you go I... ahead and we'll, we'll get ready to wrap this thing up. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Jared, are you on the line? No, he can't be. He's not on the line. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Uh, Dr. Bruce, you have been a, a great co-host for us. And I know that uh, you do have uh, some other uh, activities that are pressing on this morning. And we did want to get uh, your perspective on uh, many of our topics. And uh, we will uh, be coming back and we will be bringing uh, Mr. Jarrett, uh, next week, and we want to do it so he has a full hour uh, to uh, present his story to us. And I think we would be doing a, him a disservice if we only gave him five or six or seven minutes of time in which uh, we only have left at uh, this present moment. Thank you so very much. Uh, yes, uh, housing and Community development is another topic uh, that you have raised. And certainly, thank you so very much as we looked at uh, some of the facets of racism in America. Uh, and I guess I all, one of the things that I always end our topic of discussion with is the question, mm -hmm. where do we go from here? Right. All right. Uh, thank you, thank you, Dr. Adams, for allowing me to be part of this podcast, and uh, we will. I'm hope to, hoping to get you on my broadcast, uh, the producer broadcast here soon, and um, because there's a lot of things that, a lot of topics that I would like to talk about, and I'm going to be bringing on a lot of different people from a lot of different places in the country, and so we would like you to be one of them. Thank you. Uh, have a good day and God bless you all. And let, we'll see you soon. let me just say this before you sign us off. Mm -hmm. uh, there is, you go, uh, listeners, if you go to BVS Gospel Net, I did a live broadcast with Dr. Smith for years. And if you go to BVS Gospel Net uh, and type in a message by Dr. Lee Adams entitled The State of the State. It is a live telecast. I would love for you to hear my message that was recorded uh, several years ago and see if uh, my message from three years ago is still relevant on today. The State of the State with Dr. Lee Adams on BVS Gospel Net. Thank you so very much, Dr. Bruce, and may God bless you and may God keep you is our prayer. Have a good day.